Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's Porpoisode. I'm here with Shelby and Liam, um, and we don't have very much Southern Resident news for you, which is a good thing sometimes. No news can be good news, um, since we have had lots of good news recently. Uh, we, I know PNW Projectors had reported seeing J-Pod earlier this week, so that's exciting. Um, but we are going to share with you some of the other cool species that are in the ecosystem and why it's important to care about these guys. So not only do we have orcas up in the Salish Sea, but we've got pinnipeds, um, several types of porpoise, dolphin, otters, um, not your typical sea otters, but we'll get into that here in just a second, and sea stars, so amongst many other invertebrates. So yes. Yeah, so I'm gonna jump into a little bit of information about sea stars. So sea stars are super important to help regulate and maintain balance by keeping the sea urchin populations in check. And sea urchins have a very big appetite for kelp and the urchin colonies can kind of overpower the kelp and consume whole kelp forests in a single season. So the um, what the sea stars do is they predate on sea urchins. So um, you can imagine the domino effect there. So the sea stars help take care of and manage the sea urchin popula population levels, which in turn lets the kelp forest flourish, which are super important to the ecosystem as a whole. And um, I was reading a little bit about a study by Simon Fraser University Resource and Environmental Management researcher, Jen Burt, who did some research on the sunflower sea stars and the critical role um, that they play, but they noticed that sea otters and the sunflower sea stars are complementary predators in the Salish Sea because the sea stars um, help take care of the smaller sea urchins and then the sea otters feed on the medium and larger sea urchins. So they kind of help combat the, those nasty sea urchins and help the kelp stay flourished and thriving. Yes. Um, and we know that the kelp forests are very important along the western coast of the United States, for sure. So here in Monterey, which is the southernmost point of the southern resident home range, um, our southern sea otters do the same thing, which is pretty awesome. And our southern sea otters have um, a cool story, at least here, or kind of cool story, I guess. Um, but they used to span all the way up to British Columbia, but were nearly hunted to extinction by the fur trade in the early 1900s. Um, however, in the Monterey Bay area, we have seen them make a comeback. They were down to the double digits in the populations about up to the 3000s. There did used to be millions of uh, southern sea otters along the western coast of the United States and a little bit of Canada. Um, but we don't see them anymore. But they do have, like, the densest fur out of any animal, which is one million pieces per square inch. They're actually quite interesting. They're super cute. They're a lot more devilish than you would think. But they're super important for keeping our entire ecosystem in check. If we didn't have our kelp forests, there are so many other animals that we wouldn't have here in Monterey and then up in the Salish Sea as well. Um, so the kelp forests serve as a vital place for habitat as well as nursery for small plants and animals. Lots of fish like to live in here. If you've ever kayaked through kelp forests, you'll see that there's lots of like little snails, nudibranchs, crabs, tiny little inverts that like to live in there. So um, this is important for keeping the entire ecosystem in check. So our sea stars are very important up in Washington and then our sea otters are very important down here in Monterey. 
And similar to um, land-based forests as well, the kelp plays an important role in removing carbon dioxide from the environment too. Yes. So all around, super important. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about how our um, sea star population has been doing. So there are several species of sea um, star that are out there, but we are focusing on the ones that have been impacted by our sea star wasting syndrome. So Liam, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so right now the population of sea stars around uh, the Salish Sea, but also kind of along the West Coast, too, their populations are not really doing so well. And the reason why is that they are suffering from a disease called sea star wasting disease. And basically it's a disease that makes sea stars shed their own limbs until they die. Now, normally, sea stars uh, can shed their limbs or, um, or you know, have them severed and they're fine. Um, and, they, you know, they grow back, you know, eventually, sort of like how a lizard can grow its tail back. But the problem is um, that's not what's going on now. And they're shedding, uh, they're shedding their limbs. They're just basically disintegrating. And it's because of this, of this virus that's been festering um, along the West Coast for, uh, for a little while now. Yeah, since and, 2013, 2014 is what that article said. Yeah, so uh, the disease um, has, well, it's, while it has sort of existed, it hasn't really had much of a major impact until, uh, until around the early uh, 2010s when ocean temperatures started to rise around that area, which meant that the virus was able to fester in that climate, basically spawn and infect, um, basically just spread everywhere. And as a result, uh, there has been quite a sharp uh, decline in the um, in the population of sea stars, which is not good. Yeah, because, yeah, the, because oh. now with you know, with a declining population, and since this virus does not affect uh, does not affect sea urchins, they are able to fester, and they can you know feed. There's no way really to stop. There's no effective way of stopping them from. Uh, from feeding on the kelp. Yeah, the research that I was looking at was saying that the disease, at least initially, and just um, when the disease first hit, that it killed 96% of the sunflower star biomass of the central coast in 2015 and 2016. And then as a result of that, there was a 311% increase in small and medium-sized sea urchins, with which then corresponded to a 30% decrease in kelp density. So yeah. huge domino effects there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the article that I was reading, it like essentially said similar things of like in 2013, 2014, it had like that mass impact, that mass die off. But they, I think this happened in the 70s, 80s and 90s, but never to this magnitude before. And it's said to affect over 20 species of sea star. So... Wow. there's it just like goes to show the importance of taking care of the whole ecosystem and while we love the orcas um we have to look at all the other species as well but sea stars even in their own right are worth taking care of um just for their own sake did yeah. either of you see 
any solutions for how we solve this? Uh, well, um, let's see. So, so the uh, the re- the, fest- the festering of uh, the disease is the reason why it's able to you know grow so fast is largely because of rising ocean temperatures, and that is you know because of uh, of uh, climate change. So, tackling that would um, is definitely a way to help stop it. Um, let's see. I'm not. Sh- I'm not aware uh, of any kind of um, efforts to, I guess, remove say remove uh, sea urchins. Um, mm. You know, just by just by hand, similar to how like people do it with uh, with spider crabs whenever their populations explode up in Norway. Right. Yeah. So that, I guess, yeah. So, so, but the, the reason why they're increasing is because of rising ocean temperatures, basically. Yeah. A noticeable rise in ocean temperatures. So, which is, so solving climate change would, would definitely help that. But I think there might be other ways that, um, that people are helping out as well. Yeah. I know I'm seeing, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No. Uh, I'm just, I'm seeing here that um, once the sea stars hit with the disease, they literally melt away within 48 hours of the first sign of sickness. So takes them out pretty hard and fast. So um, similar to Liam, I think my first, without um, going into uh, further searching here, I think the bigger yeah, issue is trying to make steps towards, towards climate change. Yeah. Yeah, those they, it, the disease literally just makes them waste away. That's like such Terrible. a brutal way to die. You just like get sick and then you're yeah. just out. I mean, yeah, I don't sure know the life like wildfire. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like getting sick and it's just like your arm falls off and then your other arm falls off and then your leg falls off and then your leg falls off. And normally you'd be able to regrow it, but this doesn't let you, so you just die. Wild in it's two really, days. When you there, I yeah. I'm just now. I'm just now remembering. Uh, there was a. I remember seeing pictures. Uh, I think it was sitting off the coast of California, maybe Oregon. I can't remember, but it was just it, these dive these diving surveys. You know, they were on the floor, and they just see limbs everywhere, and then just like the disc of a star, basically just yeah. dead. Yeah. Powerful, and it's like it's. And they'd see like hundreds and hundreds, not just of limbs, but of like just bodies everywhere. Yeah. So it Yourself. very quickly infects, like if there's a group of sea stars, it very quickly infects and kills them. Yeah. Yikes. I think um, I heard that maybe there's some conservation organizations up in the Pacific Northwest that are working on some studies with this. And I think that there are some citizen science projects that you can work on up there by like taking photos of them, um, potentially, but yeah, it sounds like, you know, we should look into some other maybe short term solutions. Cause realistically, I don't think that we are going to solve climate change before this becomes a major problem for the sea stars. Um, but interesting, interesting stuff. Also, I was just like thinking too, have you guys ever seen a sea star eat? Like, have you ever seen uh, a I food? don't think so. I've seen a sea star move, but I, I don't think I've ever seen one. Well, I've seen recordings of, like, you know, of crown of thorn starfish destroying, uh, uh, destroying, uh, not, what's the coral reefs, but I've never, I've never seen, like, the, the ones that we have here, I've never seen them feed. I've only seen them, like, sort of move a little bit. 
Because I'm just like, how is that working with a sea urchin? Like, I don't know. I think probably what happens is that, um, well, let's see, I'll check. But I'm, I'm guessing they probably, like, just sort of slowly, like, crawl on top of it and just kind of munch it down. Because sometimes with those kind of animals, like, I know anemones, they will, if they, there are certain types of anemones that will just, like, just fill their stomachs open on prey to yeah. uh, to consume it. And I'd imagine that how a starfish would yeah, do it. Yeah, there are some that do it like that. Just kind of slowly munch it down. Yeah. That's usually how they feed. They get on top and they just kind mm-hmm. of like sort of vacuum over their, vacuum their prey up. Yeah. I know like some and of them do that it. stomach thing that you just talked about. And then some of them just kind of like chew on things as they do. Yeah, but it's just like is wild. And I know, right? Isn't it crazy? Well, I think it's really interesting. Yeah. How do starfish eat? Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I think it depends on the species too, because I remember when I was working at a zoo when I was in high school. Um, we had a touch tank, um, and I remember like looking at at the bottom of like them, and like you could see that their mouth, and they had like the five little teeth. Um, yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, sorry. Just, uh, no, I just, I just saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds okay, so yeah. exciting. I'm so excited yeah. right now. Yeah, so they, <laughs> they, yeah, so they do the same thing as anemones. They're at least, you know, seemingly most of them, they spill, they basically spill their stomachs out. It's that sort of way of just spilling the stomach out and just kind of dissolving the prey down. But to a whole sea yeah. urchin, that's wild, you know? Yeah. I'm going to have to YouTube that one. Yes. It's really, yes. Well, I think it's that way. Let's see. Coming in variety shapes, colors. Yeah, they all love sea urchins. Starfish eat by wrapping themselves around the sea urchin. Yeah, and then inverting their stomach again against the sea urchin. So, yeah, that's how they feed is they do the same thing as anemones, but they spill their guts out on it yeah. and then just dissolve it. Yeah. That's Which craziness. Is wild, but that's really interesting. That's insane. Yeah, and it's so, and it's just they slowly, kind of. Yeah, that's why when you see them, yeah, when you see them feeding, you know, if they're like hovering over something, that's you know, kind of. If you look at the like a time lapse of a crown of thorn starfish, uh, eat, you'll see it sort of like hovering along the coral reef. Yes, as it's like munching. Which I think actually I might have to double check, but I thought I remember hearing something that like there's a snail population that eats carnivore and starfish. I think that's entirely possible, and I think that that's all we have for you guys this week. And oh, we are going to on Friday be announcing the winner of the How I Kelp video. So we're gonna just do like a spin the wheel giveaway sort of thing, so that it's random because all the videos were too good, so can't pick the best one because they were all the best. So stay tuned for that, and if you want, then send us your address so we can mail you a t-shirt. Yeah, and thanks to everyone who participated. Yes, Yeah, thank you so much, guys. That was amazing. We got so many fantastic videos, uh, posts, and stories. It was wonderful. Yes, and I definitely, it made my heart happy to see all the different ways that people are helping and are kelping. Um, and there's so many different ways you can do it. So it's awesome. Um, amazing. Well, hope you guys have a great week and we will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.